Welcome to the Farmer's Voice. I'm Alan Watts with Kentucky Farm Bureau. Today we actually visit with a couple from Bracken County, Drew and Alex Hershey. Tell us about your farming operation. My wife, Drew, is really the farmer in the family. She, uh, her family's farmed for, for a couple generations. Uh, used to be a dairy and tobacco farm, like, like many people, uh, in a very small rural area here in northeastern Kentucky, Bracken County. Uh, then we kind of, uh, uh, we moved here back and helped her parents and, uh, since their passing, we've kind of carried on the farming tradition with some of the other siblings, uh, but now we're doing mostly cattle and uh, hay, and, um, and we, we're, we're experimenting with right. some hemp. Uh, haven't really sold much yet from last year. We're still waiting on that. COVID-19 kind of got in the way of that as well, like so many other things. Uh, and then we also have a greenhouse uh, nursery uh, business. And, uh, so that's basically what we do. You mentioned I, I call it go ahead, go ahead, yeah, a go greenhouse nursery because I don't do perennials. It's just annuals and vegetable plants and herbs. Do cattle and nursery and then trying some industrial hemp. Drew, tell us a bit about some of the different things you guys do. What kind of cattle do you have and, and so forth? Uh, well, the cows are across uh, between Hereford and Galvay. But I got a Angus bull, so we got a real mix of cattle. Uh, I think was it twenty three cows and their calves, and then you know, of course all of the hay to to feed them with. That's what we've been mowing hay, tetting it, and getting it ready to bale them. What about the hemp? You said you guys got into triangle low industrial hemp. Tell us about that. Oh, well, we we raised an acre last year just to to experiment with it, to find out what what it would do. It, it was interesting. We learned a lot. Still have a lot more to learn. Uh, I think I'm going to try another acre this year. The, the main problem being uh, when COVID-19 hit, the plant had to shut down as a non-essential business. And so they've not been processing so they've not been paying us for it and so i think that that stopped a lot of people from raising it uh of course i didn't i didn't get into a big last year so i didn't lose a lot of money and so i thought well i'll try again this year try to try to figure out what i did wrong last year and improve on it for this coming year and you mentioned the greenhouse tell us a bit about the greenhouse uh, you said you grow annuals in the greenhouse tell us about how you got started in that uh, that's all Alex's fault. Uh, the neighbor had it, and uh, as families go nowadays, they split. And uh, I mentioned to Alex, I think going to a farm bureau meeting, young farmers meeting or something, that it was a, sh- a shame that uh, they were going to have the greenhouse open because they had a pretty nice established business. They'd just been running it for like five years. Uh, got back from the conference, and that next Monday, he walked in. He said, I've been talking to Gary. We're renting the greenhouse. You can raise the flowers this year. <laughs> and I'm like, what? In our free time. <laughs> there you go, right? <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. But uh, That was several years ago. Yeah, that was uh, 16, 18 years ago started 
learning how to race towers and going to different uh, meetings and stuff. And I still don't know much, but I know more than I did. You know, this is a learn-as-you-go uh, adventure. This year's been really good for business. Of course, it's been kind of rough on the people who bought our plants because we've had so much rain in this area. Lots of people replanted their gardens twice. Um, so we've sold out almost everything that we've had this year, which is the first time. And I, I think it's kind of neat. It's fun to people come in and say, well, I'd like a tomato plant. I go, well, what kind would you like? You go, well, I don't know, whatever you got. I said, well, we've got about 30 different varieties of tomato plants. They said, oh, my gosh. And so then we start, you know, educating them about that. And then uh, they say, well, I need a pepper plant. And I go, well, okay, what kind do you want there? And we probably have 10 or 12 different regular peppers and then probably another 10 varieties of hot peppers, including the ghost peppers. So uh, our daughter's been helping us some. She's a, a senior now at UK, and uh, she's home helping, and it's been a big help. And she had a couple elderly ladies come into the greenhouse, and, of course, you think of typical stereotypes. They said, uh, do you have any ghost peppers? And she said, well, yes. And she went, oh, yeah, there they are. And, and they bought those. And she said, you know what they are? They go, oh, yeah, we cook with them and we eat them. And it's like, whoo, not me. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I love that. <laughs> nothing yeah. like nothing like business like that. So tell me a little bit about the history of the farm. How did you guys get back on the farm there? Alex? Uh, was going to go to Hebrew Union and work on his doctorate. And uh, Cincinnati is just an hour's drive from here. And looking around, we found out that he could drive back and forth cheaper than we could rent in that area. And so when we first got back, of course, my dad and brother said, oh, there's, there's not enough to do to, for, that we can pay you. And so I worked at a factory job for a week, and I said, I can't take a factory job. And so they let me come back, and we were starting to house tobacco that week. and Been working here ever since. Where does your farm date back to? Tell us a little history of the farm there in Bracken County. We found the original deed of the home place was 1904, I think, where my, my grandfather bought the house. Well, it was a log house. And he tore the log house down and started building the house we live in now. Yeah. In fact, uh, Drew's dad uh, was born and, and actually passed away in this house. Alex, you, you don't work on the farm all the time. I know uh, Drew pretty much takes care of the farming operation there. You're all Tell us about what you do otherwise. Yeah, I, I teach uh, college uh, at a small community college, Maysville. I teach uh, religion and philosophy and humanities classes. I've done that for 26 years now, but as a college teacher, I, I can have the summers off. Uh, so I, I have the summers off, so I work harder for my wife than my college boss. <laughs> and uh, But I love it. You know, it's a, it's a great, it, I get outside, and it's also, you know, getting away from the, the hustle and bustle of college life. Um, but both are pretty darn good. I can't complain about either one, really. I think, Drew, from your standpoint, maybe exciting to have your husband there on the farm with you, somebody who didn't really grow up on a farm either. Oh, yes. it's It's been really nice. Uh, he's taken over feeding the cows in the morning and the horses so that I can get out and work on the hay or do other things. 
yeah, yeah. We've we've had the you know the last few years the farm kind of just out of necessity kind of got neglected. Uh, and, and, you know, nobody was sure, you know, how would farming work? You know, there's been so many changes, you know, the dairy, uh, you know, a family multi-generational dairy farm can't make money there. You know, there, there's real issues. This area is very hilly, so you can't do a lot of crop, uh, row crops. And so it was just hard to know. That's why we're, you know, this whole area is suffering as much of the state is and much of the region. I really hope that hemp will somehow uh, help alleviate some of that stress on all the farms and farmers. And we did the hemp for the CBD oil. Um, and of course, last year was a tough year to grow hemp for a lot of places, just because of the, the weather. You know, farming—it's totally dictated by the weather, it seems. And so many people did it that it flooded the market. Well, tell yeah. me a little bit about some of your, your involvement, each of you, your involvement there in your local community in Bracken County. Uh, yes, I uh, do a lot with, well, I used to do a lot with 4-H until daughter graduated from high school. But uh, on the Ag Council and Ag Development Board, help with Farm Bureau, active in our church. Of course, I teach college during the year, and then uh, I'm the, this time I'm the Bracken County Farm Bureau president. I've done that uh, several years ago, and then I, I I I kept making excuses for not doing it, and they let me slide until uh, last year or two years ago, and they said, no, it's your turn again, so I gladly uh, took it over again, and uh, um, it's it's always a big help. We, we've had a couple little meetings on the phone, but uh, haven't been able to do much right now. We're hoping to start opening back up again. Uh, I took the LEAD program, did the LEAD program years ago, and that was just such a phenomenal program. One of the, I've done a lot of leadership classes, and that LEAD program is by far the best one I've ever done, uh, and better than the college ones I've done. So uh, it's a great program, and I, I really encourage any, any younger people to take that, and, and it's, it, it's just super amazing uh, what that program does for people. I'm involved in church, and uh, I'm the chief. I did used to do fire volunteer firework and EMS work, but uh, for the last several years now, I'm I'm the chief of our uh, regional search and rescue team that we formed to uh, search for missing people and and things like that. We typically here have a lot of uh, Alzheimer's patients and stuff, or young children that go missing out on farms and and things, and we uh, we have to find them and. So I enjoy doing that. We do a little bit of water rescue. We're right on the Ohio River, so we do that as well, uh, all as volunteers. Well, tell me, what do you see as the biggest challenges in farming and agriculture to you guys in this day? Making money. (laughs) Are you supposed to make money in farming? (laughs) But, uh, well, you know, joking aside, the small family farms are very difficult to really make money. Now, I always tend to counter that with, you can almost be self-sufficient if you do things right on a farm. So, of course, we have a huge garden. We can and freeze uh, vegetables. Of course, we raise our own beef. Uh, We do buy some poultry items from a neighbor. So, you know, we can do that, and that offsets quite a bit. Uh, but still, you know, you spend 
all of your time on the farm and it, it's a challenge to get a market and especially in a very rural area. Um, you know, you can't have 5,000 head of cattle here. Um, and so, you know, you're kind of limited on getting the big numbers that a lot of the buyers like. Uh, but you know, if it wasn't challenging, everybody would be a farmer. So, yeah. <laughs> what do you What do you guys enjoy about the farm? What when you get and the end of the day comes and you say, "That's what I love about the farm and agriculture." What do you guys enjoy about it the most? Oh uh, well, basically, I just like being out in the country and not having the house right next to this house. We can go for walks. Alex likes to hike a lot, and I keep telling him, you know, you, can, you don't have to go places to hike. You can hike any of the fence rows to <laughs> make sure they're okay and the tree's not falling on them. <laughs> and uh, it's just nice to be able to do stuff for yourself and not have somebody telling you to do this or do that. Yeah, I guess one of the things I really like, and, and we always knew we, we have a 21-year-old daughter, Maria, and, uh, you know, she's grown up on the farm and did all the 4-H stuff and, you know, learned to drive on the farm and, you know, learned to cook and raise a garden, you know, all as a child. So, you know, we knew that we wanted her to be raised in the country. Uh, and, and we're kind of, it's the old-fashioned community here where we have immediate relatives right down the road from us. And, and we know all our neighbors and they're all good neighbors and, uh, a funny thing happened years and years ago when our daughter was young. We, as most married couples, I'm sure we're not the only ones that have communication problems at times. And we forgot who was going to pick our daughter up. And uh, she just, nobody was there to pick her up. So she started walking down the road to Mamaw's house. And we immediately started getting phone calls from every neighbor saying, you know, your daughter's walking on the road. We go, well, yes. And, and we found out this was before cell phones and she just keep an eye on her till she gets to the next neighbor and and we'll be there and uh you know that was neat we had like three different calls said yep she's walking down the road so neighbors knew this was unusual they kept an eye out for her and she made it fine and she didn't have a problem doing that but you know today that might be a little more you know this was like you know 15 years ago so uh, kind of a different time but just the living in a rural area and doing as much as you can for yourself. Getting, I really like to get close to nature. Uh, uh, I have a friend that does a program called Nature Reliance School, where he trains a lot of city people in living on the outdoors and ha- recreating safely out outside. And it, it's just it's just a neat neat environment. Now I love to go into the city, but I, I like to come back home and sleep in the country. It's been a pleasure today to visit with Drew and Alex Herja from Bracken County on the Farmer's Voice Program. For Kentucky Farm Bureau, I'm Alan Watts.